Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Waterglow Podcast. We're your hosts, Ben. And Indigo. I don't, I have the giggles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like hyper as hell. The, yeah, the frequency is like nuts today. It's so high. It's like making me uncomfortable a little, but, but not. Like, I could get used to this for sure, but it's a lot. Yes, yes, absolutely. It, like, I don't know. I, I keep getting like th- that feeling like almost like too much Adderall, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like back when I used to take Adderall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like heart palpitations. Lots shit. of energy. Yes. Yeah, it's and, a like, lot. Hyper. And I just want to like bounce around all over the place. Yeah, you've been getting a lot done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he cleaned our walls and yeah. <laughs> pay, like washed the rocks. In our our front path. Yes, yes. Paved a new new path. Yep. Well, I mean, that's what we do, right? Yep. Yes. Metaphorically and literally. Yep, yep. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Oh, yeah. Today's episode is about language. Language. Yes. Language limits the ability to talk about the higher concepts. Yep. So we often use metaphor. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually... Until enough of the collective has had an experience with the higher frequencies and the and the higher levels of awareness, I'm not sure we'll have human language to describe it. it mm-hmm. There has to be a common thread between a majority of people, kind of like the hundred monkey thing, similar to that. Yeah, yeah. Like enough people have to understand it before you could actually talk about it in regular language. Yeah, and a lot of it is like, uh, a lot of this stuff, there's just no words to describe some of this stuff. Yeah. You know? And many have tried. Mm-hmm. I mean, for as long as time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, people have been trying for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. As a matter of fact, a lot of, like, uh, ancient art, like Da Vinci understood. Mm-hmm. You could You could tell, like, uh, art and metaphor are really the only ways to talk about it. Yeah. And people like Da Vinci knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla tried to explain it with math. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Einstein had an idea, had to have. Yeah. I mean, he definitely had some some ideas of things. Uh, I don't think he Mozart ever... definitely yeah. did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of artists, like uh, Prince, you know, more <laughs> oh, modern. Prince, Prince, yeah. Prince definitely had and... some experiences and use some shit yeah and there's some modern artists that you could tell no mm-hmm. like trevor hall's music oh yeah uh he's he sings in metaphor a lot and mm-hmm. his music is a big part of what helped lead me through understanding what i was experiencing when i was experiencing the higher levels of awareness and that higher knowing mm-hmm. like i went through a phase where i got overstimulated very easily um because all of your senses are heightened and this language is spoken through all of your senses, not just you don't just hear words, you feel, you smell, you see all of it. Mm-hmm. And so like I went through this phase where I was um, getting overstimulated really easily. So I would wear headphones a lot and just listen to music for the, for a long time. It was I would do non-lyrical music because even the words were a lot. Yeah. But even through non-lyrical music, the ebb and flow of the uh, of the music can actually like speak to you along with what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. So when I moved past that and got back into lyrical music, groups like even uh, Tom McDonald, 
Naco yeah. and Medicine for the People, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple more have been added since. I would walk around or would exercise or walk around. Or even when I go to the store, I would wear my headphones because I would get so overstimulated. And I would be like shopping or something. And the uh, the lyrics in the song would like say the word orange as I was picking up an orange, you know, yep. sync like that. Mm-hmm. And then it would start getting to the point where like I would be wondering what something means. And then like a me- one line in a Trevor Hall song would stick out or any song like climbing the mountain when I was thinking about what does it mean to ascend? What does it mean to go into the higher levels of awareness? And then the music would say something about climbing a mountain or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that actually is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fascinating. <laughs> and, you know, um, a couple of things just like popped in my head. Um, while you were talking about that, uh, you were saying like the, you, um, the, it, it speaks to you through all of your senses, right? Right. Um, that's, that's very much like synesthesia, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's really interesting. I, I, I heard some theories, uh, came, came out like back in the nineties, um, that synesthesia is the origin of language. Wow. That actually makes sense and mm-hmm. resonates a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. they they did a lot of like experiments, um, like you know th- they had found out that certain people had like these weird neurological things that happened. Like uh, I don't know, some people can like like they see numbers in specific colors, and they could smell colors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people can smell. I can I can smell certain kinds of music. Yeah, which is really cool. See, I feel the music, which mm-hmm. I think is another version of that. Yeah, yeah. And they were doing a lot of experiments and like studies on uh, synesthesia back in the 90s. And uh, one of the things that they found out was that regardless of what manifestation of synesthesia someone has, everyone who, almost everyone who has synesthesia has this weird relationship with language. Okay. They, they, would, uh, they would take and just make up a word. Just yeah. out of like, just like random sounds. Like our little, like our, our three-year-old does. Yes. Gang gang. <laughs> yes. Gang gangs and boons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, they, they would have like, uh, like, you know, random collection of letters and this random shape that they drew. And they were like, okay, which word goes with what shape? Right. Right. And people who had any form of synesthesia generally matched the same words with the same shapes so they were communicating yeah on a different frequency from mm-hmm. the collective yeah. yeah they were all seeing the same there's another language yeah that connects it all mm-hmm. and there, there's this weird thing that i discovered about that like I, after i started learning about that i was like this is really interesting and i i know i have that because i can smell music which right. is weird um yeah <laughs> you know and a lot of these like um, completely bizarre associations that make no logical sense. Right. And, actually but they do. do to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I discovered this is like super weird and random, but whoever the graphic designer for Axe Body Spray was is definitely had synesthesia because you can, uh, I, I could just look at the label, like the this weird abstract color pattern right. on the label. Yeah. And the the color pattern smelled like that smell of axe 
<laughs> that's wild. Really weird. That's so cool, though. Yeah. Like, it's it's really cool. Yep. And yeah. you've just had that your whole life, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. See, I didn't discover this stuff until recently, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, I have to figure this out. <laughs> like, how do they do this? You know? Yes. Like, how does this work? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's really cool. And it's it's basically like a language that is not spoken. Uh, there's Nako in Medicine for the People. In one of his songs, I believe it was one of his songs, he refers to the language of no words. Yeah, yeah. And that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, Drunvalo talked about that yep. a bit. You know, the language of no words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, one of the other things you said, like, uh, language is limitation, right? Right. And it is, but that doesn't nece- that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that we're communicating using language right now. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, we're using language to try to describe a language that's difficult to describe. Yes. Yes. And, you know, once you understand, once you have access to understand how that language works and, and you can translate it in your mind to yourself, mm-hmm. you understand why it's not freely given to everyone. Yeah. Like, it, it's not that it's... It was not given to me. Mm-hmm. I had to go through a lot to access it. Yeah. And I didn't even know where that path was leading. I was just like, well, I can't stay here. I better keep going. And I kept going through really difficult thing after really difficult thing. And mm-hmm. it led to this understanding, oh, shit, there's an entirely different reality playing out alongside the one I thought was the only one. Yep. And you access this language and you can access that. But you have to have the the ability to access it the path to accessing it is what ensures that you can understand it and use it properly mm-hmm. like yeah. you could sit there and boo boo like me we deserve it <laughs> no you don't you don't yeah. do the work to access it it's freely available to everybody almost like it's hidden in plain sight yes yes it's freely accessible to anybody who can access it you just got to figure out how yep and my five-year-old thinks he deserves a chainsaw yeah (laughs) yeah exact that's a great way yeah (laughs) would you give a chainsaw to a five-year-old exactly yes yes but but yeah (laughs) i I was i was thinking like um i kind of brought up something i brought something to mind the the sapir wharf hypothesis um, Go on. Yes. Uh, Mr. It's this, Smarty Pants. <laughs> it's this idea that um, language shapes thinking and culture. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, like, you know, it's it's like, you know, you, you start learning this, like, language of no words. Right. And your, your, your reality thinking changes. changes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, just the way you interact with the world changes. Yep. And I honestly think that that's part of why um, so much uh, like the the mysticism, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like there's mysticism like all over the world. Right. Yeah. But some of the most, um, I guess, well-developed mysticism in antiquity uh, was either through word of mouth mystery schools that didn't really write anything down mm-hmm. or uh from uh like the the hindi stuff you know like the 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 vet, the, the vedic literature right yeah and part I, I think part of why um a lot of 
Western understanding of the concepts of mysticism uses uh, uh, Sanskrit language. Right. You know, like chakras and um, akasha and and prana and all of that stuff. I mean, that, that's all like, you know, Sanskrit stuff from, from uh, India. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that is because their language allowed for the development of new words very easily. Right. Uh, Sanskrit is a very, very, very symbolic language. Right. And that's what you need for something that's ever expanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and so like, you know, in, in English, it's like, I don't know, English is a very uh, hard language, I guess. Not not necessarily difficult. I didn't hard, realize how like... ridiculous learning English is until I learned a different language. I was like, wow, yeah. we really overcomplicate things, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's it's funny. Like, I, I started learning Japanese, like, a long time ago. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I yeah. watched a lot of anime, and I was like, man, I need to learn some Japanese, right? I started learning. I was like, holy cow, this language makes so much logical sense. You know? Yeah. The, I only know one like, phrase that I learned in high school from a Japanese exchange student. <laughs> hentai kuakoma, which supposedly means horny little devil. But I have a feeling knowing her that it might mean something different. So if I just offended anyone, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it was like, I don't know. Like the, 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 the main structure of the Japanese language is like very, very, very logical. Right. Right. Um, words make sense. The, the way that the writing system, uh, I, I mean, you know, the, the syllabatry, anyway, mm -hmm. the, it makes a lot of logical sense. Right. There are no spelling bees in Japan because it's pointless. You just listen to the word and you know how to spell it. Right. You know, but uh, I was like, man, this makes so much sense. And then I got into idioms. Like, <laughs> like half of the language is like <laughs> idioms that make no sense when directly translated that's weird <laughs> yeah yeah that makes no sense yep yep <laughs> but anyway and i don't know there have been a lot of attempts uh to make like a logical language you know but or like a universal language or something yeah, like that and it's and like why i mean it would be helpful but yeah but i mean the language no words failures. <laughs> Go ahead. So they've all been abysmal failures. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, when you try to get the entire planet to commit to one thing, that's probably uh, not the best. Yeah. Not the best idea. Yeah. And no. Yeah. Esperanto. What? A <laughs> Esperanto was a joke. Like It was a, suppose. Okay. Like the UN decided that they needed a universal language because oh, they were boy. tired of having translators for everybody. Because the UN yeah. has the best ideas. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, they got a whole bunch of people together to make like a universal language and it's basically, um, French with an Italian accent. Wow. It's terrible. Wow. <laughs> and pointless. That's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Oh boy. Yes. So yeah, the language of no words. Yes. <laughs> or that higher knowing it's, it's basically spoken through synchronicity. Mm -hmm. Like when we talk about uh, using all of your senses to speak this language and translate this language, it's like you'll smell something and what that smell means is unique to you. Like mm -hmm. if you smell popcorn, it might trigger a memory and the memory is 
the translation. Like yep. what pops into your head is the translation of that scent. You might see something like a picture. Somebody posts a picture, you know, uh, Roxanne on Twitter. I love her pictures. I mm -hmm. love using it for the language. There's certain people on Twitter that I follow because I enjoy the language being spoken through their expression. And Roxanne's one of them. I love mm -hmm. her pictures. Yeah. And it might be like rainbows and that paired with like seeing a cross or something that would say to me, full activation, Christ consciousness, like mm -hmm. uh, full awareness. All chakras are lit up. All chakras are aligned. You're in your power, in your alignment, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Things like that. And you just have to trust that you understand the interpretation. And I will be the first to say I got it wrong a lot at the beginning. Yes. And it kind of reflects your own frequency back to you. So if your interpretation is scary, you need to do some healing and inner work to get that frequency up so that you can interpret what you're seeing and experiencing at a higher frequency. Mm -hmm. And once you go higher and higher, you're like, oh, wow, I was way off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, in, in my experience, there's like this, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. I have no idea how to describe it, but there's like this resonance mm -hmm. that goes along with like seeing synchronicities. Right. That you could feel. Yeah. Like you just, the knowing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, it's not something that can be faked. Right. You can't like fake yourself out on it. Right. So like, I don't know, I, I, I started seeing a lot of synchronicities in the beginning, you mm -hmm. know, uh, beginning of this journey. Right. Um, and, you know, trying to make sense of all of them. Yeah. Cause it's like, how it's the like, fuck? Yeah. It's like magic to a mere monkey. <laughs> yeah. But like, I, 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 uh, I kept trying to like learn about it. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that you can logically learn mm -mm. because it's like it it um it's very subjective and very fluid right and it's uh um i mean i don't know like like your sense of smell right like you right. smell something and you you can't like logically take that apart and interpret it you know right exactly yeah, yeah. you just know what like, you just know what it is yeah like you, you can't just be like, hmm, um, let me try to logically figure out what a rose smells like. Right. No, just go out and smell a rose. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and somebody actually just gave this example on Twitter not long ago. It's like trying to describe a color to a blind person. Like, how mm -hmm. do you describe red to somebody who cannot see red? You just have to figure it out. And part of the journey that, you know, I was talking about how you have to go through this journey to get there, to get to this understanding of this language and this higher reality. Mm -hmm. um, part of that is learning to trust yourself, yep. learning to trust that what you're experiencing, what you are knowing, not thinking, but you just know it is accurate. Right. And Trusting yourself and finding out you were wrong does not make that a failure. Right. Because part of learning how to tell and feel when you are accurate in your knowing is knowing what it feels like to be wrong in your knowing. Yes. So it is not a failure to get it wrong. It's actually a great success. Just pay close attention to how you feel when you get it wrong so that you know mm -hmm. in, in the future if you 
think, oh, this is what this means, you can feel, oh, no, my body's telling me no, that's my energy body is telling me no, that's not accurate. Right. And pay attention to what it feels like when you get it right. Mm-hmm. It feels like magic. Ben and I call it magic. It's just like this. It feels like being in love, mm-hmm. like floaty, tingly. Yeah. Like it just feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, it's like <laughs> it's it's very similar to an ASMR response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't ex- I didn't know that's what that was until I was listening to Milky Chance once. <laughs> and I was like, babe, why does why does this guy's voice make my body feel like this? And he was like, oh, that's AM- ASMR. You're having like a ple- pleasure reaction to somebody's voice. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I like it. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Like the first time I ever experienced that, I was a little kid. Like for some reason, my um, my grandfather's voice always did that to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like soothing and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he used to do this thing where he would like draw pictures on our back and like get us to guess what he oh, drew. Oh, what he was drawing, yeah. yeah. I was terrible at it. But <laughs> <laughs> but it felt good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like he would always make these little noises like whenever he was drawing and I uh, I would just like zone out. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. But anyway, um the resonance thing is, yeah, it's, uh, you were, you were saying like, you know, um, getting it wrong is not a failure. It's learning. Right. Right. And it kind of reminded me that, um, my, I just want to add to that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, until you know what it feels like getting it wrong and getting it right, do your best not to overcommit to what you think, you know, oh, because yeah. you're going to feel really, really silly when you're, when you're proven inaccurate and you kind of start discrediting yourself if you're like oh i know this i have felt it mm-hmm. i have seen it you know and then you get disproven because you didn't really act you know you didn't wait to make sure that you were actually speaking truth yeah and you you discredit yourself and you start feeling kind of not so great and not so confident in your own abilities yeah i feel like that might be part of the process though yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, You'll get past it. I did that. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, but lie. you didn't like force people to accept it as their truth. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Like if you get it, if if you think you know, just know, and don't try to force people to know with you. Just be like, see for yourself. Encourage yeah. people looking into it themselves. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, um. Oh, I can't remember where I was going with that. My bad. I'm sorry. It just came through. I had oh, to spit no. it out. Oh, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kung Fu class. Um, okay. I had this weird thing. Um, when I was in my teens, I was kind of clumsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I kept like almost tripping all the time. You know, my legs would like my legs were growing. Right. right. So yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. a different size than they were like just a week ago. So walking is a little difficult. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but I would like trip and almost fall, but I, I never did. Like I have, I have actually tripped and fallen, I think twice in my whole life. Right. Yeah. And like every <laughs> other time I've managed to catch myself. Right. Right. And I remember like w- when I was doing Kung Fu class, the, the most difficult lesson that I remember was learning how to fall. Oh yeah. 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 That's, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. 
so like, knowing how to fall is just as important as getting back up. Yep. Exactly. And up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you do this thing where you like fall backwards. Yeah. And you uh, slap the ground as you hit to oh, absorb okay. a lot of the energy. Yeah. So it doesn't, you know, mess up your back. You, right. Like, worst case, you bruise your arm. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But like practicing that was freaking hard because I was just like, no, you're not supposed to fall. Right. Yeah. yeah. Your instinct is to resist it. Yeah. Yeah. And the Sifu was just like, no, you're gonna, you're gonna fall at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if you're, if you're going to be sparring some people, somebody's going to knock you down. It's a good idea to learn how to do that without getting a concussion. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's important learning how to fall. Yep. Um, gracefully is nice, but not required. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop thinking about that time I fell down our steps. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there was a sink with it with Joe Biden falling down, walking up the oh, airplane yeah. steps. That was fun. I was like, what does it mean? <laughs> like, I fell down. And jo- am I... Uh, Joe Biden, you know, it was fun <laughs> anyway. Yep, yep. But that, see, my interpretation of falling down steps would be like you did something that knocked your frequency down. You mm-hmm. need to pick yourself back up, stand up, and go back up the steps. Like, yep. I wish it were easy to explain my understanding of fractals and patterns, and I'm doing my best to to try and explain that. But like, for example. Not long before I fell down, I had done something that knocked my frequency down. Mm-hmm. And then the physical manifestation of that energy was me physically falling down steps. Yep. Like it was uh, as above, so below. It was a fractal pattern of my own mental state, my own energy state. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that was like, I didn't catch it while it was in its energy form. But when it manifested in the physical, I was like, oh, yeah, yep, I did do that. And yep, <laughs> I do deserve this bruise on my ass because I did something dumb that knocked my frequency down. Yeah, that was a pretty bad bruise, too. <laughs> it really was. It was yeah. gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like what you do mentally and energetically manifests physically in some way. And at some point, if you choose to take that journey, you'll start noticing the patterns. Mm-hmm. And and it, you can actually use it as a healing tool. Like, yeah. there's, I don't even know. There, There's so many examples. Like, if you speak poorly of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Your kid might come up and just be like, you're ugly, you know, be, yeah. as a physical manifestation of your negative self-talk, mm-hmm. you know, yep. or or the kid might punch you or something because mm-hmm. you're mentally punching yourself. It, it all it all ripples out. Yeah. So you can actually I, I used it as a tool to heal mm-hmm. and be nicer to myself, be nicer to others. I mean, we're human. We mess up sometimes. But yeah. You get that physical reminder that you made a boo boo. Yeah. <laughs> but you also get physical manifestations in good ways. Like when you have been consistently nice to yourself for an extended period of time, that manifests externally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like our physical bodies look different yes. than they did when we started this journey. It's weird. Oh, we yeah. have not had any form of surgery. Yep. But our bodies look different. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> 
my my driver's license is still like really old. Yeah, you know? same. Mine's from when I was like twenty, I think. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my, mine's like about to expire, so I, I need to get that done. But like, uh, you know, I, I I remember I showed some people my my driver's yeah. license picture. They were just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. How, what? Who is How that? How do you go from that to this? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, it's really weird. And it hurt like hell too. Mm, like, oh yeah, you could feel it. I could feel my bone structure changing. Oh and yeah, it hurt mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, there's growing pains as a teen. Same as a, thing. As a grown adult, yeah, yes. it's really weird. Like I, I don't. I know that it's unbelievable, and I don't expect anybody to just believe it without experiencing it themselves. Especially oh, yeah. if they're not self-aware. See, a self-aware person goes, "That's entirely possible because their experience is different from mine." Yep. Somebody who's not night and still sleeping and waiting for their moment of clarity and awareness is going to be like they're full of shit yeah i'm gonna figure out where they got their surgery and prove them wrong and then you're gonna waste a whole shitload of time and energy and resources to find out that we didn't lie yep 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 yep. it's funny it really is i mean i think it's funny if you want to invest that much into something so negative by all means please do Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're gonna tucker yourself out and then have to go home and lick your wounds yep Yep. Oh, I, just, I, I remember something you said a little bit ago, uh, a little earlier. But, um, you know, you were saying language is limitation. I said that's not always a bad thing, right? Right. Um, I know, like, when I uh, kind of first started kind of, like, taking a journey towards freedom, I was at first I was just like, you know, how the hell could limitation be a good thing, you know? Right. Oh, you yeah. Know, no <laughs> limits. No limits. Right. Right. Uh, uh, but like, I kind of started thinking about things in more musical terms, you know? Yeah. And, you know, realized, like, if you look at a piano and you just like randomly bang a bunch of keys, it's probably going to sound like shit. Right. You know? Yep. But if you follow a structure. Yeah. You can make something beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's not that you have to... Uh, rigidly adhere to the structure the structure is there to teach you how the um how it works right you know how and how then, that style works right and yeah. then if you remove limitation after learning the structure you can create something incredible and new mm-hmm. kind of like mozart yeah yeah and i was thinking about uh chopin actually chopin yeah yeah <laughs> um i i'm not a fan i don't like his stuff but uh, I appreciate it for what it is. You know, the, the whole 12-tone system. Yeah. yeah. Using something different. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, he didn't just uh, sit in front of a piano for the first time and just be like, fuck the rules, fuck the limits. I'm just going to do what I want. It may sound that way sometimes. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, he was he studied music theory a lot. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, here's how this works. Here's how this works. Here are all of the rules. Now let me see how I can break them effectively. Right. You know? Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes. I wish musicians in in the mainstream now would do that. Well, yeah. independent artists, but the mainstream, they're always going to be recycling the same shit over and over and over. Yeah. Because uh, they already know that sells. Right. Yep. They're, they're too afraid to go outside the known. Mm-hmm. Risk averse. So, as heck. Same songs. 
slightly different yep. for generations, but the independent artists, oh yeah, they're doing cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of like experimentation and stuff back in like the, um, like the 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 kind of like fuck the rules kind of experimentation, right? Like yeah. back in the sixties, uh, um, Captain Beefheart being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible stuff. Like I don't know. I didn't like it at all because it was like all chaotic and like wacky pants and right. shit. Yeah. But like the whole avant-garde movement, mm -hmm. it was all about like, you know, well, the rules are getting a little stale. Let's uh, let's just chuck them all out the window. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a pattern that shows up uh, throughout music history a lot. Where it's they like, just say fuck the rules and do something weird. Yeah. Yeah. And art too. <laughs> like like the, the Dadaist movement. I'm like, not familiar. Oh, it, it was like, uh, I want to say it was like um, late 1800s, oh, okay. early 1900s, yeah. um, before surrealism. Oh, right? okay. Um, yeah. You know my measurement of time on, on that stuff is weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Salvador Dali was uh, good friends with a lot of Dadaists. Okay. But basically, their, their whole thing was Dada is against everything, including Dada. <laughs> so it was just like deliberate nonsense that's wild yeah yeah like people would just take and like cut random shapes out of paper and glue them together and stuff oh weird yeah yeah it was and people very, like, like that yeah well i mean it was like it was different and new right it, it like you know um like uh like yeah renoir is great but like it gets a little old after a while. Right. When yeah, all same, you yeah. have is like <laughs> chaos. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, when all you have is like the, uh, you know, Renoir and Monet and all of that stuff, it's right. like, well, let's do something different now. Yeah. It's that like, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're just like, well, here's something completely different. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> Fuck it. yeah. So the more open minded people were, and like, I guess the, um, the open-minded people and the people who wanted to be open-minded people right decided to like it you know yeah yeah uh, but it fell apart pretty quickly oh and well cut, because it was like deliberately aimed to destroy itself oh you know well i <laughs> mean it, it served its purpose <laughs> yes exactly like this message will self-destruct in yep <laughs> this art movement will self-destruct in <laughs> that's cool yeah, yeah, but it opened a lot of doors, like the the Falvest movement and the um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, chaos bombs are good for that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, it happens, yeah. yeah, happens in music a lot too. Like, There's something really weird in there, mm -hmm. and then everybody's like, "Well, that's weird and new and different. Let me see what I could do with that." And yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yes, yeah. Throw in a wild card, and you're always gonna have something cool like spur off of that. Mm -hmm. yep. Come from it. Yep. Just like this part of this episode. Yeah, back to the language. -ish. <laughs> yes, I mean, technically, we're using the language to talk to people. So, yep, I'm I'm almost <laughs> positive that there's a few out there, few listeners that are getting it. Yep, yep, I think so. I know so. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you. Just kidding. Anyway, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's weird like that, you know. Like sometimes you just like pick up on stuff, and it's like. Sometimes you know where it's coming from. Sometimes you have no idea where it's coming from. Yeah. It's just like, hmm. It's taken a long time to like hone in. I, I, for me, it's like archetypal, like mm -hmm. who spirit uses to represent the person. 
Yeah. If I'm right, then that would be fucking nuts. Like <laughs> the people that have been used to represent like the archetype of who I'm speaking to, that would be nuts. I it would blow my mind to be honest if I were actually accurate. I just assumed it's an archetype. Yeah. Like, like a, a character to represent someone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's something else that happens a lot with the synchronicities in the um I guess non-physical language. Yeah. Is like um, symbolic representations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? and, and it'll be unique to you. Yeah. You uh, like if you're interacting with this higher knowing, this this higher intelligence, they already know everything you know. Mm-hmm. So like, if it wants to say, "Hey, you need to go play," then it will present to you something that will remind you of a time probably you felt the most joy as a child playing you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. and you'll have this like memory pop up or you'll see like the ball you were playing with for sale somewhere or uh whatever you were eating at the time you'll see like an ad pop up for it and that's kind of like spirit's way of being like hey remember this remember when you were a kid and you didn't give a shit and you just wanted to play and have fun you should do that yeah like that's just an example it's so hard to talk about how it works but that's mm-hmm. just kind of an example yeah yes yes uh, s- some things that helped me to kind of like wrap my head around it was uh, learning uh, like back in like high school and early college. I, I-, I learned some stuff about uh, literary analysis and art appreciation. Oh, I bet that helps a lot. Yes. Yes. And, you know, when I first started like looking at literary analysis, I was just like, wow, this stuff is like dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it came in handy. It, yes. Yes. And, you know, it, it was I actually started realizing that it came in handy because, like, I started looking into it and I was like, well, this is kind of dumb, but I want to pass this, so I'll just keep doing it. And then my dreams started making more sense. Yeah, it's weird how that happens. Like, uh, there's, like, books that I bought years and years and years ago that I needed, like, a month ago. You know, like, (laughs) like, you collect what you need throughout life, like, uh, a random class that you took Mm -hmm. or, or... an item where you're like why did I even buy this like two or three years from now something's gonna happen and you're gonna need that item you're gonna be like whoa it's that kind of thing but you do both of us have done that with like knowledge and wisdom yep like if we had not taken that practical shamanism class there's no way in hell I would have understood (laughs) any of what I was experiencing yeah yeah but I obviously didn't know that I was going to have that experience before taking that class mm-hmm. i just wanted to understand yeah the yeah. teachings it is, it is really funny how often it like you know like you said like you just like wind up with the things that you need yeah you know it, it, they find just, their way to you yeah it's just like uh i don't know like uh, when i when i built the night lights for the kids yeah out of trash yeah like i i, I have this like I used to, uh, not so much anymore, but I used to have this like really, really bad habit of never throwing away broken electronics. Yeah, you have a lot. I have a lot. I have I have some boxes full of like, you know, uh, circuit boards and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but anyway, I was just like, hmm, the kids need some nightlights. Um, fuck it. I'm just going to build some. Let me see what I got in these boxes. And you built them better nightlights than we could have bought at the store with trash yes it yes. was incredible mm-hmm. yeah 
everything we had we already had everything we needed yep. it was all there exactly we just had to put the pieces together properly and boom light. exactly yes <laughs> the light bulb came on <laughs> Woo! yep yep and now that was fine <laughs> have light in the dark yes yeah it, they turned out really cool it's got a rustic look to it like you could probably sell those for like 20 bucks a pop oh dang uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nah we don't want to get into that yeah uh, yeah but yeah that was that was kind of a pain in the ass (laughs) yeah 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 but yeah sometimes you just you know that that's a great metaphor too Mm -hmm. like you have what you need you just need if you put it together and you don't like the story if you don't like what you have then take it apart and put it back together in a different way and see if you can make something more beneficial from the points that you have yeah like, yeah, exactly. That's how I am with inner narratives. Like if mm-hmm. I have points of information, I can put them together to craft a story or I could just let them be what they are and wait for more points and watch it unfold and see what happens. But if I put the points together and I don't like the story or it doesn't make sense, then I take them apart and put them back together and see if I could come up with a different story that makes sense with the same points of information. Yes. You got it wrong. Sometimes yep. you get it wrong. Yep. Sometimes, and that's it. Sometimes you connect the wrong dots. Yeah. You just got to erase it and try again. Yeah. And the picture that you paint with that connect the dot puzzle with all those dots, mm. it's a reflection of your mental state. So if you put the pic- pieces together and you get the scary, scary picture, it's like, wow, uh, I should fix that <laughs> or yeah. heal that or change that and put take the pieces apart, put them back together, and you might see something more beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just to rearrange it. Yep. Like a giant Rorschach test, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Yes. So one of, um, I'll just talk about my language with a divine, you know, it's, it's unique to each individual that, that higher knowing mm-hmm. it, it can't be talked about in words, not easily, but like sometimes If you can remove all distractions and just like allow yourself to be with yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the stories are gone, all the drama is gone, all the fear is gone, all of it. And you could just like sit with yourself. For me, like sometimes a yes, like I would think about a yes or no question. A yes would be like a flock of starlings flying over, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yes, that's it. You're on the right track. Or if like the answer's no, or I don't know, something, if, if the answer's no, it might be something I don't like. And it doesn't always mean absolute yes, absolute no. The affirmative answer, the, the positive one is an indication that you're on the right track. It doesn't necessarily mean that that is it exactly. Mm-hmm. Same with the negative. It means, ah, eh, you're going the wrong direction. Yeah. You know? Yep. And you can evolve that language into actual like full-blown sentences but spoken through the senses you'll get like a smell that doesn't belong there or a taste like the other day I randomly tasted clove and I'm like well what does this mean I know teeth represent personal power so you know yeah or maybe somebody that I'm connected to was smoking a clove I don't know yeah (laughs) that's possible um yeah like uh um, you you were saying like um, you know, removing distractions, right? right? Uh, it's it's really 
really weird. Like, um, when I, when I reach that state, right, where mm -hmm. things kind of make sense, right, you know, um, there are no distractions, right, because everything yep. in existence is part of the message, right? Yeah, you just that's have to like focus, not, it, sort of focus. But oh, like that's sort true. of not okay. focused too. I get what you're saying. It's it's kind of like those um uh I don't know it's it's, it's very similar to like those like magic eye things from yeah. like the late 90s early 2000s where it's like if you just look at the picture it's just this clusterfuck of chaos. Right. You know. But if you relax. But if you relax into it and like shift the way that you look at it then it just pops out at you and makes perfect sense right exactly yeah. yeah yeah i get what you're saying yeah i i guess what i was referring to when i said if you could be alone with yourself in this and remove distractions is like for me uh having i had the most clarity and the most clear communication when i was off of social media for like almost a year mm -hmm. like i had deleted everything and was it was just me like everything that you read online it, it gets stored in your mind somewhere right like yeah so when you're trying to get clarity on something you've got all these messages coming through the the sources like here here's one that kind of sort of might lead you in the right direction towards it mm -hmm. here's another one here's another one but if you can limit it for me during that time period my frame of reference for the language was just purely nature Mm -hmm. So it made it very clear and crisp and it was not difficult to tell that something was communicating, if that makes sense. Yes. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. that makes Just, sense. If you could limit the trash you put in your head, like if you're taking part in the us versus them narratives, when source is trying to communicate with you, when this higher intelligence, you know, you're trying to get messages through, do you really want it to be using the the reptilians are out to get me message like right if it's trying to say hey somebody's trying to get your attention to reconnect with you it might come through as a reptilians out to get you yeah because this person operates from the reptilian mind yeah you get what i'm saying yes. and it's like you're gonna be like ah a reptilian wants to get when really the message was just hey this person wants to talk to you yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it uses what's what you focus on to deliver messages. So mm -hmm. if you focus on something a little lighter, yep. maybe a little happier or peppier, something that does not evoke fear in you, mm -hmm. it, it might not feel so scary. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that, that's uh, <coughs> the whole like not so scary thing, you know? It's yeah. <laughs> See, so but weird. you don't get like, scared. Well, I mean, uh, kind of. Uh, I mean, not not really. Uh, I I I like. Um, I used to be like you know super scared of the dark as a kid. You know, I had really 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 bad nightmares a lot, and um, I would I would like almost hyperventilate every single night. Oh dang! Because of how scared I was. Yeah. Um, but eventually I was just like, okay, fear is stupid. I hate it. I'm gonna get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> You know? That's really all you can do. It's not like you can you can't control the whole entire world to make yourself more comfortable, mm -hmm. but you can learn to get comfortable with uncomfortable things. Yeah, makes more sense that way. Yes, yes. And like you know, I I I speak out about fear on uh, Twitter a lot. You know, right? Like I mean, I, you know, I, I, um, 
So, you know, my bio says fear is the mind killer. Right. right? Yeah. Which is true. And like, I don't know, I've, I've had a lot of people get like really defensive over the idea of fear. Like defending their fears. Yeah. We should be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stand that. It's and stupid. I just like, uh, I don't know. And fear, I, well, fear is how you control people. Yeah. Like if you're afraid, you're easily controlled. Yeah, and I don't know. A lot of people are like, "It's what keeps you safe," and I'm like, "Since when?" Right. Like, have you ever? Uh, no, like, it keeps you controlled. This is like, this is like, you know, kind of weird, but like, um, if you've ever seen someone wrestle an alligator, right? Right. Being afraid is like the worst thing you can do. Right. You're gonna get eaten. Yep. You're gonna get bit. Yep. Um, <laughs> the fearless and reckless are not the same thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Being afraid. Uh, that triggers like this cascade of like really weird hormonal changes that do some bizarre shit to your brain and body. Right. Uh, it makes you very, very fast, but kind of clumsy. Right. You know, whereas if you can remain calm. Yeah. If you can remain calm, you uh, it's not dumb, you know, right. <laughs> you could you could rationally think, hmm. I should probably not stick my hand inside of that alligator's mouth. Right. If you're afraid, you're going to do with fear. Right. If, no. <laughs> if you're afraid, you're going to operate from fight or flight. Yeah. You're going to try to pick a fight or run away. Yeah. But if you're not afraid, you can logically resolve the situation without having to fight or run. Yeah. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> and pick which one would probably work best given your circumstance. Right? Exactly. Like, like, you know, if, if, if you the, freak out and you're afraid, <laughs> afraid you're, you're like, you know, start running and then it's like, oh, shit, I'm at a dead end. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, I think we, we might wrap this episode up. Yeah. Just a quickie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody's enjoying this day as much as we are. Yes. It's been a giggle fest. Yep uncomfortably weird yes. but good <laughs> very good very good have a great day bye night. thank you for listening to another episode of the waterglow podcast you can find us at podcast.waterglow.net you can also find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, samsung podcast podbean spotify amazon music TuneIn, stitcher iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere where you find podcasts we're probably there if you want to support the show become a patron on patreon.com slash waterglow if you'd like to contact the show, you can email us at podcast at waterglow.net. Thank you for listening, everyone.